Welcome to the Group Home Merchants Podcast. If you have the desire to be your own boss, create your own schedule, and become financially free while at the same time helping people in need, then you've come to the right place. At GroupHomeRiches.com, we teach people exactly like yourself how to get started in the group home business, and on this podcast, you're going to hear their stories firsthand. So for folks that are listening, we interviewed Tasha a couple months ago. She came out, she was the April Fool's edition. So if you see the one that says that this was a scam all along, it's not a scam. <laughs> but <laughs> Tasha was like the walking proof of it. Andy, how long did it take for you? Like from the moment you like thought about group homes to when you had like your first tenant in place, how long did it take you? Too long, <laughs> way too long. I mean, that, yeah. that was the problem. I remember I was working still in corporate America and I was like, oh my gosh, I'd read all these articles in the newspaper about how there were these people that were in hospitals and they needed a place to live. And I'm like, man, I'm going to do this. And of course I thought about it. I thought about it. The longer you think about it, the more money you wind up losing. So to answer your question, sorry to be so long winded about it, but I would say, and it was probably at least a couple of years. And you, you were like looking for consultants, got burned from a couple of them. Yeah, I remember paying this one. I mean, I paid a number of people, like 500 here, 1,000. They wouldn't give me any information, right? And these were people that were in the industry. Yeah. Absolutely. They didn't want any competition. And, and I, I understand that looking back on it now, but I did get scammed. But that was, you know, sometimes that's part of the process, unfortunately. So Tasha, she hopped on her computer and looked up how to start a group home got her first tenants in there. I think we recorded our podcast like three or four weeks from the moment she searched on Google. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so she, I think she's like the record holder for the person who like search, took action and got things going. So <laughs> what well, is exactly what you have to do? It could, that is fantastic. Congrats again. And welcome Thank back you. to the podcast, Tasha. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so we were talking about just kind of like real estate stuff, which is kind of all of our language. And mm-hmm. we kind of touched on it on the last podcast, but Tasha, why don't, for the people that didn't catch that first one, why don't you give us a, a background on what you were doing before you came to us? And then, you know, what brought you to even look up how to start a group home? So I am a retired registered nurse and a retired hairstylist. So in 2018, I um, became a real estate investor. I got in the game by being a private money lender, just lending money out of my self-directed IRA. The reason why I chose that route was because number one, I thought I didn't have enough money to get into real estate. (laughs) And then number two, I felt like if I could lend money out to other investors, then they would allow me or I'd be privy to information and they could, you know, so they walked me, you know, on their properties and projects and things like that. So I kind of paid for my learning and then they paid me back with interest for teaching me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I love that. That is awesome. (laughs) Yeah. That's how I got into real estate in 2018. And then I just started wholesaling and then, you know, wholesale a couple, then I'd buy one and then I'd wholesale a few more. And then I said, okay, let me buy another one. So, you know, that kind of thing, you know, wholesaling is good for that quick cash or whatever, but I was looking more towards ownership and long-term money. So I decided to use the buy and hold method. So I started holding properties and I had one property that I bought and the tenant was 
it was cash flowing when I purchased it, but the tenant was always late. I mean, like always late. And I, I made up in my mind, I was like, when, when her lease is up, I got to do something different. It, I cannot be having this tenant and, you know, having one tenant in this property. So I looked up how to start a group home and then group home riches was the only thing that popped up. <laughs> so I purchased the course and I went through that course. I mean, to the letter, I went through that course and I did exactly what it said. The course I'm telling you, everybody always says, so what do you do? And asking all these questions, do what it, there's, it's a blueprint, follow the blueprint. It's a map. It's a map. If you want to get from A to Z and that map tells you how to get there, follow the map. So that's what I did. And within like, I don't know, maybe two or three weeks, I was up and running and had my first, actually first two clients in my group home. Beautiful. <laughs> so, yeah. And how much were you cash flowing when that tenant was paying you on time? Which was, you <laughs> when, know, never, but. when the tenant was paying me on time, the mortgage at the time was like $500, I believe, a month. And she was paying $850. Mm-hmm. But, you know, after mortgage and taxes and insurance, you know, there's a lot of other costs associated with having a property. I might have been cash flowing maybe $200 a month from that one property. Yeah. And that's pretty common. I try to tell, we get a lot of people that, that come to us and have kind of either, you know, they've looked into real estate, buying and holding, investing, or they just kind of have an idea of what landlords are doing. They don't really know a lot about it. Most mm-hmm. people don't know that that's what a lot of investors consider a good deal. Like when they're analyzing a property mm-hmm. to buy, mm-hmm. they're looking to make two or 300 bucks per month cash flow. That's yeah. considered good. Like if you go, you know, go on bigger pockets and look up success mm-hmm. stories, they write their long spiel and break down the numbers. And then you're like, wait, you make 200 bucks a month? <laughs> like, I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yes, you get all these tax breaks and things like that, depreciation and all that. But in the grand scheme of things, I mean, cash is king, you know, (laughs) you gotta have, the house had a a ton of equity in it. I mean, that's why I bought it, obviously, but equity doesn't pay bills. You have to have Mm -hmm. cash. Oh, I love it. I love how you say that. Equity does (laughs) not pay bills. This is like, that's like what I would say. I can't go out to eat on my equity. Yeah, no. I, can't, I, I can't fly around and go to Hawaii on my equity. I need cash. Nope. I need cash. Yeah. So, I mean, I learned that very, very quickly, you know, being a landlord. This, that was not what I wanted to do. <laughs> I was like, you're a fast learner because that took me about 10 years to realize. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's not a good business model for me. It's great for those like the beginners. I know you're pretty active in that private Facebook group, but you we do get a ton of people, you know, how do I start? Or the biggest thing is like, is finding a home, right? Like luckily you had that rental property. Right. So people that are, you know, they don't have a lot of money to either purchase a home or, or anything like that. If you just understand these concepts, people that have those rental properties that Again, on a good month, they're making two or three hundred bucks, but most of the time they're losing money because how often do things go perfectly well as planned, right? So, yeah, you know, landlords are the perfect people to partner with if you're looking to start with little to no money. But we kind of beat that over the head on that first podcast and many other episodes. So, <laughs> that's kind of how you started. That was your background. What I think is really cool is you, you were a nurse for a while, right? 
yeah. Well, I'm still a nurse. I say I retired. Oh, okay. You know, once a nurse, always a nurse. I just don't work in that capacity. Yeah, <laughs> I don't take care of patients. But yeah, I've been a nurse for 26 years. Yeah. So it's a way to kind of you obviously have that personality of wanting to help people. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then this is a way to kind of fuel that passion. But at the same time, I mean, depends on your goals, but you know, you could build that equity. And as Andy mentioned, you can have a cash cow running yeah. out of those properties too. So it's a really cool vehicle to get towards financial freedom, which most people out there, even if they don't want to admit it, they are, you know, most people want to be financially free. <laughs> Absolutely. So, you know, you were kind of just starting out when we first interviewed you. We kind of covered those first steps, but let's touch on those because you said, you know, the gold course mentioned like the map from A to Z. What was mm-hmm. your, once you kind of wrapped your head around the business model, what were those first couple of things you did to get those tenants in the property? So what I did was I started a contact list. And I just opened up a spreadsheet, <laughs> you know, like the course said, mm-hmm. <laughs> opened up a spreadsheet and I started Googling nonprofits, homeless, you know, those keywords. And I start, you know, created a yeah, contact list and I began, I did the email thing. The email thing wasn't as effective as talking to them on the phone. So I would email everybody and then I would follow up with a phone call. And that follow-up, the money's in the follow-up. The fortune I, is I mean, in the I love everything that I'm hearing right now. It's like, like you need to be writing these gold courses. I mean, because everything <laughs> you're saying, and I'm sorry for interrupting, but everything you're saying is so spot on. The money mm-hmm. is in the follow-up. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. just loving it. So sorry to interrupt, but this is just <laughs> it's so great to hear you talk. <laughs> oh, no, no problem. But yeah, so I did that. I mean... People make things very, very complicated and convoluted. And I'm like, you know, when I get people who ask, well, how, do you do this? Well, do you, how do you, how do you, listen, it's all there. It's all there. Uh, the scripts are there. How to find a property is there. How to make a deal with the landlord is there. You know, if the landlord says no, they even have other options you can present to the landlord. Just follow it. Quit trying to reinvent the wheel. It's there. It's there. It's there and it works. You got to work it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for saying it. This is like mine and Andy's struggle is like, it's just kind of really convincing people that it is this simple. Like we're not. (laughs) I mean, like it really, it really is. (laughs) Yeah. It's not like it's a get rich quick scheme or anything like that. It's not like, I think a lot of people like just think there's some secret application that we're hiding. Like, there's got to be some secret program that... that well, like... you know what I think people think, um, Brandon? I yeah. think that they think that there's a secret sauce. Yeah. But there is no secret sauce. You know, you plan your work and you work your plan and that's it. Yeah. And these, really, I guess the secret sauce is like those, the contacts, building the contact list, like you mentioned, and then being able to confidently talk to them. I mean, that, I guess... That's if there was one secret sauce, that would be it, right? Because I mean, if you have, you find what a good contact, like a nonprofit that that is working with a ton of clients that need this housing and they have a budget, that's mm-hmm. the secret sauce. But it, again, it's not secret. We we say it in there, so <laughs> um, <laughs> it just. I think a lot of a lot of people are kind of maybe they're afraid to pick up the phone and start talking to people. 
which is why that like the educational stuff that's key i think you need mm -hmm. to you need to understand the business and be able to come across as somebody who's confident and professional mm -hmm. maybe that's what holds a lot of people back but mm -hmm. so i mean it's it's an opportunity but a lot of people miss it like you said brandon they're looking for a silver bullet or whatever it is and they miss the opportunity because it is. I mean, it's dressed in overalls and it looks like work, as Mark Twain mm -hmm. used to say. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's like you got to, like Tosh said, you got to make your plan and you got to work it. So, Absolutely. On that first podcast, I think you had, you were in the coaching program. So I think you had just gotten like that first, you know, 25 contacts, <laughs> made a couple phone calls and then like you had your first couple clients and you were already cash flowing more than your rental property was. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. Well, how many contacts do you have on your list now? And what are, what are you doing for marketing now? Oh God, it's crazy now. I, <laughs> I really, honestly, I don't know how many contacts I have now because I mean, there's one caveat to this whole thing. If you get in contact with the COC uh, continuum of care in your city, that one contact opens up the door for like hundreds of contacts. <laughs> so that's pretty much the angle I use now. I just had a meeting two days ago. It was a two and a half hour meeting with the COC. And I just opened up another group home, by the way, in Tampa, Florida. So I had a meeting, a Zoom meeting. And during that meeting, you know, they're like, just put your name and your organization and your email in the chat box. So I did that and I've been on the phone nonstop since then. Nonstop. That is awesome. Yep. So there's a little bit of demand for this type of housing. Uh, just a wee bit. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, we tell people, you know, once you kind of get the ball rolling, it's not, you know, the, if you're marketing correctly, like you did and going the, through the right avenues, you know, the challenge is, is getting enough properties to take on the demand. <laughs> right, um, right, right. So you have that first home, That's is that pretty much stabilized at this point? Yes, yes, yes. That's a seven bed. That's a seven bed property and it's stabilized. So now I just opened September the 1st, my second group home, which is an all girls group home or a young lady, young women's group home, 18 to 20, like 25, 26. Most of them are, you know, the population is like aged out of foster care. So they do have like an extended foster care program, but that is not the model that I'm using because I have an eight bed um, property and the extended foster care program, they like for those women who have aged out to be in a bedroom by themselves. So attending that meeting, because I attend a lot of those meetings, you know, via Zoom now, obviously due to COVID, I learned that most of those girls leave. They leave that program because I feel like one big thing is they feel lonely and isolated. So I literally, while I was on the phone call with them, I literally wrote my program. Like I wrote, I looked at the holes and I, I wrote my program. Beautiful. And you got a good response from it. Yep. So I've been getting a lot of referrals. How many tenants do you have in that new home or, or like, do you have contracts lined up already or what is that? So yes. Like? So I have one girl that moved in on, she paid her money on the first and she moved in on the second. And then I have another one supposed to move in this, this afternoon, but her, you know, I'm not 
like doing cookie cutter group home and you don't have to do a cookie. You can make it your own, you know? So one girl, she's there, you know, for probably a year or two. And then the one who's coming this afternoon, she's going to be there for a week because her apartment won't be ready until the week after. So I'm just doing like, you know, temporary housing for her. Cool. And yeah, you hit on something, you know, you don't have to do it cookie cutter. Right. You can really, you know, there's so much demand. There's so many different kind of segments of, of populations that, that need this type of housing. You know, you can get creative with it, which is what you're, it sounds like you're doing with the new property. Right. And then, so I have another group home um, about a mile down the road that I'm going to open up probably, uh, probably the, what is this, September, October 1st, maybe. Okay. So we're yeah. we're looking at possibly like like three homes running within the first six months of being mm-hmm. in business. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> and, I, love and, it. I, I do. <laughs> I really love it. <laughs> yeah. So you're you're really you're helping people out who are in need of, of the community. Uh-huh. Um, so you're serving that purpose, and then like you know you don't have to go into specifics. What what does the income look like? On just like those three properties, what what are you looking to take in? Oof. So the first property is five or six hundred dollars a bed, depending on the room. And then the second property is seven hundred dollars per bed. And I have eight beds in that property. And then the third one, I'm not sure how I'm gonna structure that one yet. And the reason why I say the reason I'm not sure is because I own the first property. The second property I lease it. And the mm-hmm. landlord saw how fast I put that one together and the, the income potential. So he's pretty much forcing me to open the third one. Like, no, I have <laughs> another property and you've got to do it. You've got to do it again. <laughs> so, I mean, the landlords, they will knock your, your door down, um, knock or yeah, knock your door down just to open their doors. And I get it. You know, I have, I own another property in Indiana and I just can't get there to do what I need to do with it. So I, I was looking for somebody to open a group home in that one. I'm willing to, you know, lease that one out to somebody. <laughs> I just, I, I don't have time to get to, to Indiana, so, you know. Brought up so much key topics with those last couple. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Those last couple uh, topics. So just back to the income thing, you kind of mentioned like the revenue that was coming in. Mm-hmm. How about like, how many rental properties do you think you would need to equate to equal like the group home rent income that you have now? I want to clarify that. So to bring in the amount of income you're bringing in now with the group homes, how many rental properties? Oh my do you God. Need? I need an apartment building. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, I'm being honest. I need an apartment building. Maybe a you know probably twenty five to fifty unit apartment building you know yeah just, you you know you yeah. would you would it'd be a full time job you'd need a, a management company leasing agents a full time maintenance crew and I again I just bring that up just to show the power of the business oh yeah absolutely I so, mean hands down this is like this is like one of the most lucrative and rewarding businesses that I've ever done like ever. Yeah, the once you get the format, the foundation, the blueprint, and start making things roll, it's almost like, you know, you can really kind of design the lifestyle that you want, and you're right. probably starting to see that. You know, you're probably thinking of, you know, how many homes do I want? How much income do I want? And right. it could be, you know, it's not like a 30-year plan. We're talking, 
you might be able to get that done in the next year or two. Mm, absolutely. So let's rewind back. So you're a real estate investor. You own your own homes, but you are leasing the second property. Why would a landlord want to work with a group home? <laughs> uh, because they know they're going to get their rent and they get more of that market rent, which is it's a win-win for the landlord and the um, group home owner to lease. It's just a win-win. Yeah. And for, again, folks listening out there, I just kind of asked Tasha that to make the point. And even on the last podcast we did with Andy, even Andy was looking at leasing a property, but we kind of already touched on what landlords go through, like, you know, people not paying on time, people moving, skipping rent or skipping out. And then on the good months, they don't, they're only making, you know, 200 bucks. So Right. Tasha has this cash flowing business run out of the property. She's not going to be, you know, are, are you handling like the miscellaneous maintenance calls? No, 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 no. No? Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> you're even. No. <laughs> but so how did you structure the deal with the landlord? Oh, how I, oh, with the landlord. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, it's his property, obviously. And I just told him, well, I asked him, I said, do you want me to, you know, take care of the maintenance or do you want to take care of the maintenance? You know, I can, it doesn't matter. I, mean, I, I was just going to hire somebody to do it. You know, yeah. he's like, no, 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 I'll take care of it. You know, if anything happens, you know, just let me know and I'll take care of it. And I was like, no problem. So. <laughs> so was he just looking to fill the vacant property or is he getting a share of the revenue or? He was looking to fill the property, obviously. And then. He said he'd always wanted to do a group home, but every time he would call the city, he said it was like going down a rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. He could just never get the right answers. And he, you know, when I, I just called, actually, you know, one of the nurses in my, my club that I um, have, I reached out to her and I said, do you know anybody in Tampa who owns properties? And she said, let me call around and I'll get back with you. So within an hour, she had him on the phone and he said he had just hung up the phone with the city trying to get information and they were giving him the runaround so he said it was like a godsend you know so it just that's just how it worked out and he's very interested in it but he's you know he's just sitting back watching how I run things so it's, it's, we have a real cool relationship you know we've only known each other maybe three weeks and you know <laughs> we're, we're already working on property number two very cool. So it's it's almost similar to what you did with real estate investing. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. he, he it's just something he's interested in and he wants, he's looking to learn it and he gets to watch it in his property. So that's very cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, very, very cool. So you're just paying, it's, it's like a typical standard lease, but this landlord is just, was interested in the business, wants to help out the community, you know, just like everybody else, they see the demand out there and they're wondering how they can help and yeah. you might see the posts in our group but we have landlords like that inquire all the time like they'll reach mm -hmm. out to us from finding group home riches and say hey I, I have this property do you guys know anybody that would want to rent from me so <laughs> it's one of those big struggles people have they think they have to buy the property you know they have to have 20 percent mm -hmm. down but you know we have two seasoned vets <laughs> that are that are leasing or looking to lease Andy was so it's it's possible you can see it here 
Absolutely. And, and it's just, it, it, like I said, it's not cookie cutter. It, it's whatever fits. You know, a lot of people ask me, why, why are you leasing a property when you're an investor and you own properties? Because it's what it, it works. You know, it's what works right now for me and it fits my business model. So I'm good. I, I'm good with that. <laughs> <laughs> and you have, say it again, so uh, people could, we'll, we'll put your contact info like in the in the description, but you have a property in Indiana, you said, right? I do. I have a three bedroom, one bath in Indiana. That would be a great group home, like a sober living or something like that. So I own it on that property and just don't have time to get up there and get it going. So if anybody's interested, I'll be more than happy to work with you and get you going. If you are a landlord, the idea is to find people that want to operate these group homes. Yep. And quite frankly, if you're the landlord and you're looking for the operator, you're going to have a little bit of leverage. If you're the operator looking for the landlord, you're going to have a little bit of leverage as far yep. as like the profit splits and everything else. But mm -hmm. I think it's unbelievable what you're doing and the way that you're approaching it because you're looking at it like Amazon. I mean, Amazon doesn't own any of their real estate. They lease it. So mm -hmm. the same. same thing. <laughs> I'm telling you, it is, it's amazing at how you can just take real estate in the group home model and just, do anything, you know what I mean? Go anywhere with it, do anything, help communities all over the United States and build relationships. And you know, this real estate is a relationship business and I love it. I absolutely, I wished I would have known this existed when I started nursing 26 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A lot of people, they, they find out the hard way that really nursing or really any kind of job like that, you know, you're going to be capped at some point, you know, yep. there's, there's not really a path to financial freedom. You know, you're going to, your income was directly related to the hours that you mm -hmm. work and there's only so many hours you can do. Whereas the group home business, you know, once you build it and kind of get things in place to be stable, it's not like that. So I always try to make it a, a point. It's just, Andy, how much, uh, so we're in the beginning of September. How much time do you, do you think you put into your group homes for October? Well, I, I'll tell you, I don't really remember about October, but as far as yesterday, I probably spent about an hour looking over all the numbers and just kind of diving into them and cutting myself, you know, my, my distribution checks. So that that's basically last month's I would say I probably spent you know, like maybe an hour, you know, at most. I didn't drive to any of the group homes, didn't do any. I, didn't, I don't take any phone calls. I don't do anything. All I do at the end of the month, log in, make sure that the bookkeepers have gotten all of the information entered correctly. Make sure that the credit cards are reconciled, bank accounts and statements are reconciled. And look at the top line number, look at the bottom line number, double check everything. And then just transfer money from uh, my Chase account to my B of A account. That's, that's the extent of my, of my involvement. I know. It's nice, isn't it? <laughs> and then somebody asked in the group, in the private group, Facebook group, how often do you go visit your, your group homes? And I mean, I was honest. I said, well, my group home in South Carolina, since I opened it, I've been twice, you know? And somebody else was like, well, if you really cared about your you really cared about your clients and you would go more than that. And I'm like, that's not true. That's not true at all. This is a business. 
And I love, love my clients and my community. <laughs> and that's why I have a group home. And that's why I have systems in place. I don't have to go to that group home. <laughs> yeah. And, and another, another response to that also would be, well, I actually love my community so much that my job is making sure that people that don't have housing have housing. And exactly. So what I'm trying to do is get as many of these things up and going as I can so that I can help out as many people as I can help out. And if I only focus on the five or 10 clients that I have, I won't grow and I won't be able to help out all the other thousands of people that need help. That need housing, absolutely. 100%, 100%. if Tasha wanted to create another job for herself and care for the, <laughs> for the patients herself, she would be limited to one property and she would be living there 24 seven. But using our system, she can outsource that and scale and provide housing for hundreds, hundreds thousands, maybe even thousands. Yeah, it's like I said, you, you scale it really to as big as you want to grow it. Absolutely. My response to people like that are, hey, that's great. You know, we, we have many members that do want to help out the community. They do want to scale it. They do want to make a lot of money while doing that. But we show people how to typically get a guaranteed check from the government. But there's many people out there that are homeless that don't get funds from the government and, and either don't want to pay or maybe they want to keep their social security to mm -hmm. themselves. So you reach out to me, let me know what your address is, and we are happy <laughs> to, to send, send referrals <laughs> to you. And matter, we, we will buy the furniture. So reach out to me anytime. I've, I've never had anybody take me up on that, believe it or not. But Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this is a way to, it's it's a win-win. You know, Tasha was already helping people out through, through her nursing career, caring for people. This is a way to do it for just much more people and be rewarded, you know, financially for it. Absolutely. So that's not your goal. You know, you don't need to listen. <laughs> but like <laughs> right, I said, right, reach right. out to me. We'll buy the furniture. All you need is like space in your home and yep. you can help out for free. Many people need it. So let me know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so you have, you're looking at three homes open. Let's get into some details. I have a couple questions that just a lot of people probably out there are wondering. So how do you have it set up to where, you know, you don't have to be working at the home 24 seven? So I have a house manager there and then I just, I don't pay the house manager. I, um, the house manager lives there and I reduce her rent. Perfect. So, mm -hmm. and really the revenue that these things bring in will give you a lot of freedom as a business. So mm -hmm. with a rental property, you can't just have somebody, you can't just find somebody to go do the work for you because you have no income coming in. You can't discount anything. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so you have your eyes and ears on the property. Mm -hmm. If anybody, I mean, do you, do you even have anybody that does need a nurse on hand or any type of licensed care? I do. And I outsource that to actually, well, yeah, they came in with their own um, case managers. All of them have their own case managers and most of them already had their nursing and all that set up. And so it, it's just outsourced. Like I don't provide nurse, even though I'm a nurse, I don't provide nursing in my group homes because I'm not interested in going through all the licensure and all that 
all that jazz. I mean, that would slow me down right now. I have flirted with that idea, but just not right, not right now. <laughs> it'll it'll slow me down. So yeah, I'm, my my goal is to house these homeless people as quickly as I can. So those were some key points that people, if they didn't catch that, they need to rewind, you know, hit the little 15 second rewind thing and listen to that again. So Tasha did not go through the licensing process. She is a nurse, but she doesn't work at the property. She doesn't have any employees that are nurses. And it sounds like everything was already set up, like through your marketing, you know, your work you're reaching out to organizations that are working with people that are yep. already, you know, this is like their last step. They already have yep. their case managers, their nurses, mm-hmm. their assistants, financial assistants. They just mm-hmm. need a place to stay. So her company is not providing the case management, not mm-hmm. providing the nurses or anything like that. Just simply providing housing. That's it. And you can apply that concept to any population any segment of the population. If it's a community you want to serve that need highly specialized care, you can outsource that. If it's a, you know, aged out foster kids, for example, like, do they have any services like job placements or case managers or anything like that? Yes, they do. They do have case managers, but I partner with another nonprofit organization that does the um, job training and like independent living training, that kind of stuff. Cool. So you didn't spend months to research Mm -mm. how to do that and start Mm -mm. another company, Mm -mm. right? Mm -mm. (laughs) No, 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 no. I move a little too fast for that. That will slow me down. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) So... I'm just, I'm asking questions that you already know, but it's just really to reiterate to people. And same thing with Andy, right? Andy, you don't employ any nurses or or any medical staff, right? Outsource everything. That's the model. (laughs) Yeah. And all the income we're talking about, you know, just pretty much 10Xing any rental property is just from providing the housing. Right. Technically, you know, there, there's other income and streams of income to be made, but it's, it's really kind of up to you if you want to go through that, that process. Right. And that's one of those things that most, like, it's kind of the first thing that you need to wrap your head around. Cause like that landlord that we were talking about, that was just getting the runaround from the city. Mm-hmm. If, if you look this up or if you reach out to someone at the city, they are going to send you down the rabbit hole of becoming a licensed facility. Listen, I was sent down the rabbit hole just yesterday. I was checking on a particular program. I needed to find out if um, sprinklers were required, right? Mm-hmm. So I called the city and they transferred me about three times. And then they finally, tra- the last transfer was to a voicemail that was full. And it was just one question I needed answered, just one. <laughs> and it was for a particular program. It was something not related to, you know, what I'm doing right here. But yeah, I was amazed. So could you imagine if how many people call trying to get information about getting licensed or something with the city or the state or whatever? Can you imagine how, what they go through? Yeah, I hear it. <laughs> like We have a lot of people come to us after like, 
almost getting through that process and you know they've spent a year or two and like thousands of dollars and then that's kind of like that's usually the last straw they'll find out on like one of the inspections like oh everything looks great but you need you need a sprinkler system mm-hmm. oh okay that's, that's about 20 to thirty thousand dollars yeah. all right exactly <laughs> let me get that real quick um <laughs> you can buy another property for that by the way exactly <laughs> at exactly. the tax sale <laughs> yeah it's funny i mean we always tell people we're like look just get your group. If you want to go down that road, that's fine. How much money do you have right now? Well, I don't really have that much money. All right. Well, if you really want to go down that road, set up a group home, follow mm-hmm. the process that we outline, and then use the money that you're generating from your group home to go pay an attorney twenty or thirty thousand dollars and do to, it. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, to set set it up for you. You know, but right now you're going to be broke for the next four or five years if you try to go that that wow. other route. Yeah. It make yeah. sense. Yeah. And then even if you do get through that process, you're still back to square one of like looking to find the tenants and and you still have to know that all those aspects of the business anyways. So why not just start? (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Just do it. I I don't know. This is just, this model works for me. It works for me and I I love it. (laughs) Yeah. You, you realized that quick and obviously, obviously ran with it. Yeah. 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 The opposite of analysis paralysis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's too much. It's, it's too many people out here that need help, and it's too much money out here that can be made. Let's get into that a little bit. So it sounds like you're following our model for the most part, which is affordable housing. It's typically people who don't qualify for traditional. You know, they can't get a traditional apartment or studio they probably don't have great rental history or good history of managing money. So how are you getting paid? Well, they're all, you know, they all receive assistance, whether it's, you know, SSI, SSDI, you know, they receive assistance. So that's how I get paid, you know, from their check um, monthly. So they assign me as a payee or they have a payee already. They come in with a payee. Either way, it's fine with me. And, to be honest with you, these nonprofits out here are really stepping up. I mean, I don't know if it's because they, you know, they've gotten a lot of funding due to COVID, mm-hmm. but I mean, they are stepping up with deposits and rent, you know, assistance. I mean, I'm I'm impressed. I'm really impressed. Now is the time if you want to start a group home, start it now while, while all this funding is out here. They I mean, they have to spend this God. money they've got more money than God. I had one lady two days ago, um, get an email from her caseworker, a caseworker copied me in. They are paying September, October, November, and December yeah. rent. Yeah. Four months. I'm going to actually copy the email and send it out, just screenshot it and send it out to everybody. Yeah. I, I think there's a lot of people out there that actually don't believe that they don't, they're like, yeah, I don't know if that's real. It's absolutely no, it real. It's absolutely yeah. real. Yeah, it is. And I had, um, a lady from United Way, I've been working with her since I started the first one in South Carolina. She reached out to me last week and she was like, um, I have, you know, a, a lady who needs a place to stay. And it's like funding is no problem. I'm like, okay. She's like, how much is deposit? How much is, you know, is the first, is, what's the first month's rent? You know, they they have to spend this money because if they don't spend it, they lose it. And not only that, but they don't get it next year. And they will not get it next year. Nope. 
they have to spend it. Yeah. So millions. You, <laughs> this crazy. is another another kind of thing that it's just trying to get across to people is in the beginning, yes, you you are calling, you're emailing, we call it networking and marketing, yeah. and sales, whatever you want to call it. But when you got in touch with the people that do need to house people, how were those calls like for you? Like, did you really need to have like some super special no. sales no. script? Did no. they ask you a ton of like questions that were, were you scared? What were those and listen, conversations here's the like? Thing. Here's the thing, Brandon. <laughs> When they hear beds available, that's all yep. they need to hear. <laughs> the, the, the group home sells itself. When they hear beds available, my issue is, honestly, the issue that I'm having is like, I'm having to say, oh, yeah, no, th that person does not meet the criteria. Because obviously, you know, I have a niche, you know, with this particular group home. So, you know, a lot of people, I mean, I've been turning away a lot of referrals because they just don't meet the criteria for this particular group home. But when you call them or send an email and it says beds available, that's all they need to hear. <laughs> that's music to their ears. Yeah, it's like they almost sell you on their services, right? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just trying to get people out there to kind of realize like the, the mechanics of the whole thing. So these nonprofits that we're talking about, they get, you know, it's, there's literally just billions in funding mm -hmm. out there. Mm -hmm. So the continuum of care program that mm -hmm. Tasha mentioned, that's just one program. And you that's can just one. look yeah. it up. They, they get over $2 billion, just one program. Yeah. And Andy's like texting and, and emailing me. He's always finding like news headlines of like a couple million here, a couple billion here. There's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, probably if you were to aggregate it, it's probably like trillions in, in just homeless housing and services out there available. Right, I'm and telling you, it's crazy. The caseworkers that we teach you how to locate and to market to, their job is to spend that money. They need to spend it. <laughs> if they don't, if they don't spend what what's allocated and and actually house people, then you know they're out of business. They're out of a yep. job. So they're looking for people like you and they're, it's in short supply. Yep. Absolutely. So we all, you know, Andy, me, you, we, we kind of got into this through real estate first. So I was big on like real estate podcasts and meetup groups and forums and networking events and things like that. I never heard of this. Like, did you know anybody did you hear no. of anybody doing group homes or landlords that were pumped about, about this? Absolutely um, not. And it's funny because when I started the Nurse REI Club, you know, I started teaching, you know, what I knew, which was, you know, wholesale, buy and hold, fix and flip and blah, 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 you know. And then when I started uh, with my group home business, it seems like the home, it's like 900 nurses in that group. Uh -huh. It seems like it's it's shifting, you know. People are like, "No, I don't want to. I don't want to buy and hold and, and cash flow two hundred dollars a month." Yeah, you know. So it's crazy because they're not even like listening to those other podcasts, and you know, it just it doesn't interest them like that anymore. So I found that to be interesting. Yeah, you you really have like the perfect following for this niche because it mm -hmm. really. Anybody who's a nurse, they just have the personality to like want to care for people, right? Right. Like, there's right. no. <laughs> it is. It's good. It's good money, but I mean, 
if it was just about money, no one would do that job, right? Mm -mm, Um, And this, this is a way to satisfy to do that. But like we mentioned, you know, the the financial possibilities are just through the roof. It's like whatever you want. So yeah. And there are just kind of like what we mentioned, there's very, you know, most landlords, real estate people, they're not doing a rental property because they want to, they're not getting butterflies about housing people right <laughs> they they they're doing it for money that's it oh, yeah. that's pretty much the only reason oh, yeah. to get into real estate investing and there's just all these misconceptions like it doesn't really make sense when you first hear it like you're going to make way more money by housing by providing affordable housing and instead of one person you're going to have 10 people in there and like yeah. it doesn't sound passive <laughs> like they think you have to get all like you have to become licensed you have to have like special zoning you have to have like all this medical equipment and a big staff of nurses so kind of all those misconceptions you know landlords hear that immediately in their head so there mm-hmm. i don't know many landlords investors that would even kind of listen to it so it just kind of, this is to show like there's huge demand and this is why there's such a lack of supply. <laughs> and these caseworkers have those same issues, right? Like they're looking for housing, landlords don't want to work with them. So if they get an email or a call from somebody like Tasha, it's a breath of fresh air for them. Yeah. So you have your your first couple homes, kind of, well, you have your first two homes set up, third is in in the making what does the future look like how you know how big do you want to take this thing and what are some long-term goals for you tasha i do want to have six group homes within a year so march will be one year so i think i'm pacing to 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 be there to make it (laughs) yeah yeah so six in the year and then we'll just go from there you know i'm having fun right now And um, you had mentioned like the, the nurses club will include the description and any contact info you want on okay. uh, in, in like our, <laughs> our little write up, but where can people find more information about that? Actually it's on Facebook. This is probably the quickest and the easiest way. Um, the nurse REI club just looked that up and we're there. So happy to have you. And then Instagram at the nurse REI club as well. And you can DM me there. So you can reach me at info at the nurseariaclub.com via email as well. All right, guys. We I didn't even realize how long we were going with Tasha, but it's just such a cool story. And it's so cool to hear from people that take our info and and run with it. So folks, if you are interested in, in starting a group home, you know, we kind of covered really all like a lot of the common questions, right? Like you don't need a lot of money. You don't need a license. You don't need a big staff or, or anything like that. Guys, you really can get started. So if you're not on our, our mailing list, definitely sign up for that. It's free. We have a ton of free training material. Um, and if, if you are looking to streamline things, we have our gold course, which is super affordable. <laughs> so like compared to other like real estate like courses and material mm-hmm. online, we keep it very affordable. I'm sure Tasha can attest to that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we also have coaching and we do uh, website design too. So I know you, you have our website that's, are you getting incoming leads from that or is it helping with your marketing at least? Um, 
I need to update my website. We, we need to get out and get together offline. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah, put, yeah. Look, I want to put my my group home on there. But uh, yeah, so I, yeah, I do actually. I do. I get I get some leads from that as well. Yep. Yep. So you know, it's the same website we use. So yeah. we we offer that to to folks out there. Like you don't have to come up with the copy or the design. We do all all that for you. So if we can help you out in any way, reach out to us. Look for Tasha if you want to reach out to her. I know after that last one, we it's always in the comments. How Tasha, you're so inspiring. How can I reach out to you? Oh <laughs> um, <so>. yeah. <laughs> so definitely look up her club and. Yeah, we we look forward to working with you guys. All right, thanks.